Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 133 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Gatnip. As usual, I'll be your host today. Sitting in the studio with me, James Cook. And for the first time in God knows no, how long. No, it's me. It's Andrew Rosenthal. What are you talking about? Rosie, in we, the house. Are we Just sure? like I am every week. Are we sure? I have a sore throat, so really? I sound a little different, but... Are we sure about that? He looks a little different. Really? Anyways. My middle name's Andrew. That's what I meant. Okay, my bad. Seven of Fours Harrison BB joins us for the first time in what? Probably three months. Even longer. Man, it's probably been four or five, actually, at this point. Uh, with coronavirus and everything, we haven't had any extemporaneous guests in the studio. Yeah, I haven't been here since we did the breakdown show, which was the day MHSA put a pause on the basketball tournament. So that was like mid-March. Yep, that was that was right at the beginning of March. So it's been quite a while since we've had your presence in the studio. Thank you so much for joining and it, us. And it's a sign because look, I'm back here. We've got sports back this week. There the is women's open underway at Crystal Mountain. We got Pitt Spitters starting Wednesday and mm-hmm. Doom Bears coming up later this week. Stuff to do. James was at some semi-pro football over the weekend. Red Wings depressing us even more today with yeah, their news. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna get into <laughs> we're gonna get into a lot today. We have a great interview with new Great Lakes Resorter and Hillsdale College's Cooper Peterson uh, from Traverse City St. Francis. He joined us in studio. Had our first in studio guest in a long time as well. So hoping to kind of get back to normal He's here at the get around. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we're going to definitely we gotta talk about the Red Wings training camp and prospect tournament being canceled. We're going to talk a little bit about Michigan State basketball. We're going to dive into another rendition of the Hall of Fame. And, of course, we're going to get into our trifecta where I ask these guys what their favorite surprises that they've had so far, in the, at least in their lives. Before we get into the episode, we got to make sure we get our loyal listeners fed. And this week we had Chris Hathaway join us on Twitter for the Get Around. We'll make sure to get some free coupon subs out to you. Get you fed. Thank you so much for interacting with us. You too can win Jimmy John's subs. Make sure you like, share, comment, retweet. Toss us a gif. I think we like gifs the best because it gives us something else to laugh at once we're uh, once we're done with. So it's like a gift. Yeah, gift of a gift. We'll if you gif us a gif, we'll gift you some subs. So fair trade. Make sure you stick around for our interview later with Cooper Peterson. Before we get into that. Got to remind you that we are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Let's just start talking about it, fellas. You, you brought it up right away, Harrison. The the Detroit Red Wings training camp gets canceled today. I know we kind of saw this coming, but it's a big blow for the city. It's a big blow for center ice. I know everybody really looks forward to having the Red Wings up here this summer. Uh, they do plenty of events, and they always have their, their round-robin community stuff that they do up here in Traverse City. Just... I know, I know that we kind of expected this news, but James, you broke this story this morning. What did they say uh, as to, obviously, why they can't do it and what are their plans for the future? Well, I mean, obviously it's the safety thing. You know, Steve Eisman said that. But, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know when they were going to do it anyway. Yeah, they Cause, don't know. Because if, if, they're, if they're starting the season right now, the Red Wings are out of the playoffs, so they're not going to play anyway. So do you wait until after the season is over and then have a training camp? in preparation for next season and who knows when next season is going to start after this playoff gets done. So I just kind of figured that it was something that was going to get pushed way back anyway. And that I didn't know if we were going to have it this year at all. It might happen in January next year or something. Who knows? But so I guess it's not a surprise for me for that way. We'll just have to see how the NHL pans out and if they get these playoffs played and then, cause that's going to push the season so far back into where the others, your next season would be started. Yeah. So how are you going to handle the off season? 
then you get to push another another season back. Yeah, that's why I, that's that's one of the reasons why I said that they just needed to wash this season out of the the record not record books, but not do anything. They should have just not done the playoffs with the NHL with the NBA and restarted when they're supposed to win in October. But anyways, I mean prospect tournament at the very least. It's not that that really wouldn't be filled with anybody who would have been on the team anyways. But it, I mean, I know that me and you really enjoy going to those those days and getting to meet some of those guys and really get to kind of tell those stories. I mean, this will be the first time that you don't get to cover it and only God knows how long. Since 2012. Yeah. So yeah, I, and that was kind of the similarity that James and I were talking about earlier is this this has a similar feeling to when the NHL strike took place in the 20, at the start of the 2012-2013 season. They didn't get that settled until January. And so they had two, three weeks to turn around. They just said, hey, we're going to do it down. I think it did at CompuWare Arena in Plymouth or USA Hockey Arena, whatever it's called now, where they have the hockey high school finals. I think that's where they had a two-day, three-day training camp to get everybody up, and then they went. So this kind of had a feeling that, hey, yeah, no matter what, they're whatever they do for next year, it's going to be midwinter. It's not going to be September that they were going to do this. So it seemed in my mind that this was always going to be the plan for whatever is entailed for next season. But, yes, Jake, you just hammered it home. One of the, I think – surprising gems of all of that and one of the most the biggest losses is that prospect tournament because eight different teams come here all those prospects i mean my brother-in-law is a huge hockey fan lives down in the detroit area he's always talked that's on his bucket list i want to come up and watch the prospects tournament i don't care about training camp i can see all those guys whenever i want but the prospects tournament is where a real hockey nut just like goes all in and that's a really cool experience for all the fans up here is to kind of get that early wave of talent if you're a hockey fan and that's hard to replace and it's it's kind of strange that you wouldn't try and find a way to still have at least that but maybe they felt like hey if we can't have the main event of of the main team here in town then we might as well not try and force you know the other things that are on the list if we can't get the marquee attraction which is the detroit red wings into town for that year yeah and i mean if you talk about once again bringing eight teams with that travel all to traverse city that is just it's so hard to even think that that's going to be safe or that's going to be able to, you know, really work out anytime soon. The really hard part is obviously, you know, the Red Wings have had a lot of prospects in their top of their draft over the last couple of years who need the ice time, who need to be on the ice during that tournament, even in through training camp where they actually are getting looks with like the professional guys. I feel like this doesn't do very well for the Red Wings themselves especially because of the spot that they're already in. They have a lot the of young... four pick? Is that the spot you're talking about? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, but they have. But once again, they have another top five pick, which doesn't make any sense how that worked out. But they're, I'm just saying, like, they have a very young, inexperienced team, and not being able to get through those off-season motions with those young guys and kind of get them acclimated, I feel like it's going to be a big detriment to the next, you know, years of development for some of those guys. Yeah, at this point for the Red Wings, practice is more valuable than games, as weird as that sounds. So it's not a huge deal that they're not wrapping up this season, but it is a huge deal that, you know, they're not going to have that chance, yeah, to, to develop and get better. Now let's talk about some positivity, guys, some stuff that is actually happening here in northern Michigan, in Michigan in general, James. Harrison mentioned it. You went out and you got to see a football game this weekend, some summertime semi-pro football. You had a new team in the area. You want to tell us about them and how uh, the experience of the game was this weekend? It was, a, it, it was fun just to get out and cover something again. I mean, an actual sporting event and just be able to kind of get back into what you felt was kind of normal. I mean, semi-pro football is its own animal. Um, I don't know if you've ever... Well, it's because the two teams are animals. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Wolves and Panthers. Being on the sidelines for that is kind of funny because uh, it is just constant jawing back and forth between those two teams. The whole game is just gums flapping and 
people that just it's chirping like the, like the XFL game. up north. Yeah, well, you're not. As I was saying, uh, us uh, high school sports reporters don't really get that type of. Uh, the high school kids generally don't do they're, that. Yeah, they, they generally aren't. Their coaches won't let them. <laughs> or yeah. they get in trouble by the referees. We're talking about some grown men now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was there was one kid that got kicked out of the game. Uh, I don't know what, <laughs> what he did, but one guy got kicked out of the game by one of the refs. And so, it, but, it, yeah. it, it, it was entertaining. Talk, <laughs> talk about the Panthers a little bit. I know that, you know, there's another new – the Northern Michigan Wolves have been around for a little while, but the, the Pata- they added mm-hmm. a team up in Petoskey, the Northern Michigan Panthers – that's where you actually went up to the game. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're a new program. What did you kind of get from them uh, starting out this year in that league? Uh, both teams were a little bit rusty. I mean, the, the the first quarter of the game was, I mean, I think there was four touchdowns in the first quarter, and three of them were on defense on fumble recoveries. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, to like, I think one each, uh, they had like a punt snap go over the punter's head and somebody recovered it in the end zone. One was a sack, sack fumble, I think, you know, for a, for a touchdown and then. The Petoskey team, neither team has really had a whole lot of time to prepare and practice with everything. So, you know, there was lots of penalties and, and all that that you would kind of expect for a lot of people who haven't. I mean, you, you practice like in this, they practice maybe once, maybe twice a week. So guys are not lined up in the right spot because they haven't played high school football for four years or something like that for some of them. You know, a lot of these guys, one of the guys, the guy for the uh, who went away and went was in the uh, Marines for three, four years and then came back and is playing in this. So he hasn't played football for like four years. He's got me in great shape. Though. That's what I was about to yeah. say. He's like, I'm in good shape. I better play some football. Yeah. I and mean, it was a good good game. Uh, you know, Petoskey plays in the Northman Stadium. So, that, you know, that was nice that the game was on the, the artificial turf there. I mean, and that's a great stadium. They play in the um, new stadium? Yeah. yeah. They did play at the new stadium. Yeah. I thought it was going to be at Curtis Field because I all the photos I saw of them practicing was that was that's where they did it. But... But yeah, their games are going to be at the Northman Stadium, so that's that's a nice draw. And their owners right there on the front lines with them, offensive linemen. Yeah, big dude. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's Orlando's awesome. Orlando's a big dude. <laughs> Picture that. Picture the Ford family playing offensive line for the Detroit Lions. Martha was a long snapper. <laughs> she just stepped down though. So man, we can't yeah, even, we can even talk about that later on. We can talk about that right now. That's a big, not not that big of a deal. I'm sure she yeah, wasn't. The Lions are the only Detroit team the three of us are not representing right now with merchandise. So. Yeah. That's what Cooper Peterson had, though. He had a Lions shirt. Oh, wow. So we did. So Between we, the guest and the yeah. three of us, we had all... Wow. Re- we rep it. We rep it. Pure Michigan. Today. Complete coverage. This is pure Michigan. Pure <laughs> trash sports teams. <laughs> now, as we preface off the top of the show, um, another team, big moves today. Uh, Michigan State basketball got a verbal commitment from the number one prospect in the class in the of world. 2022, uh, Amoni Bates. He went to he goes to Ypsilanti. He just finished his sophomore year, going into his junior season. He just is, won Gatorade National Player of the Year. Yep. as a sophomore. Yep, <laughs> uh, averaged around thirty points a game, just over thirty points a game. I know we all got to see this kid down at the Breslin last year when we you know made the run down there with Frankfurt, and we got to sit there and kind of watch those games and and see this kid play. They've been talking about him since he got into high school as the number one recruit, and I know he was always. Pretty high on Michigan State, but after a sophomore season, he makes his decision. He verbally commits. I mean, obviously, this could still go a lot of ways. You brought something up earlier, James. I kind of want you to hit on that. But, I mean, just for me, I got to tell you, after years and years and years of missing out on Jabari Parkers and and this and that, um, I don't know if it's because all these schools have been caught paying for their players now, so nobody can pay the number one recruit to go elsewhere than Michigan State. But he's... 
got Tom Izzo got the number one guy, which will beat his first I, years. yeah his first <laughs> number one you know recruit. Well, I don't think anybody's going out of their way and saying he is going to be a number one draft pick in the NBA. I've heard people say this is this is the most worthy hype for a player since LeBron. Yeah. I've heard multiple people say that, that no basketball. That's not a guarantee it's going to happen, but you feel like it's the most shoe-in of everybody since LeBron. This is, this, is a guy, this is a guy that is probably going to have the same type of hype as Zion did last year. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's so gonna, Zion was probably up there. But, yeah, but, but I'm just saying it's, he's going to have the same type of hype where his every move on the basketball court is watched, analyzed, and broken down. He's not as explosive as Zion, but he, I'm going to he say is, he's probably a better fundamental basketball player than Zion. He can shoot threes. He can dribble yeah, the basketball. That's what he I mean. He's more useful for, for all over the place. Yeah, but he, he has, still can get to the rim. He's powerful. But more, yeah, he's not going to throw down more, huge uh, dunks. I'd say more overall athletic in, I guess, faster. Yeah. Know, yeah lean, I mean, faster, slim guy who's going to But it, the comparisons are there as far as... The, the potential. Yeah, but you bring you, you bring up how skinny he is. I mean, he he he's a beanpole right now. Well, we brought in Jaron Jackson as a beanpole. He's smaller than Jaron yeah, Jackson weight wise. Well, he's he's just well, a sophomore. He has a lot of time to put on weight, and I know that you watch what has happened with Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges. They put on muscle when they get to Michigan State. Yeah, they does. have a they have, they have a great workout program, so I know that he will get bigger. Depends on where you wanted to play too. I mean, if uh, you know everybody's recruiting him as a small forward, so who cares if you're a beanpole as a small forward? You're gonna he's gonna be out there checking up threes a lot. He, he, he's yeah. probably done growing at this age, maybe a few more inches, but he's probably pretty close to where he's gonna be at, at wrapping up his sophomore year. I mean, we we've seen this kid play. I know he, we watched him win the state championship last year, literally in the game before Frankfurt played Southfield Christian. But you you brought it up right to me earlier. He still has two years until uh, he he hits Michigan State. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird stuff going on uh, with professional basketball right now, and you kind of scared me when you said that. So so bring that up for me. Well, I mean, there's the talk of the NBA reducing the the age limit. So if if that happens, he might not go to Michigan State at all. He could go straight to the NBA. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, I you know I I, I want guys to go play college basketball. You know, I, I enjoy watching college basketball more than the NBA. I mean, you know, I enjoy them both, but college basketball just has a different feel to it. And I think having everybody skip college basketball to go to the NBA takes away from it. He, once again, I think that's depending on what how, how he grows over the next couple of years, with the current body size that he has or, you know, the current weight training program that he has, there's no way he could make it to the – he would be in the NBA at his, his current size. He would need to put on a lot of weight. A lot of weight as you know over the next couple of they years. They said the same thing about Kevin Durant. Yeah, there's yeah. skinny guys that make it. Of they can do everything yeah. else effective. A lot of people have compared him to Kevin Durant on the basketball court as well. I, I think that you know Michigan State was in the running for him at the beginning. I don't know exactly you know what this all. Well, he's in Ann Arbor. Yeah, what? So you know, Juwan Howard was going to try. <laughs> oh yeah, but I don't know what it, it was all. Uh, what it was predicated on that he made his decision this early. I was kind of surprised that he was going to you know do a verbal commitment after his sophomore season. I mean, obviously, he's so highly touted. You know, we've talked to a lot of high school kids before. That takes off a lot of stress on those guys. Yeah. It really We're so does. used to guys, especially top names, waiting till like, the last, maybe not the last minute, but, like, pretty late in the process to really make it known. Yeah, some guys probably just want to date. They know what they want. Obviously, Michigan State's standing out to him in a big way. So if he's not even seriously considering anything else, then why not? That would be awesome. I, I just, I have one hope and prayer is that he doesn't turn out like Deonta Davis, who came in with a lot of potential. Davis made the NBA, though. For Barely. 
He's not even on a roster anymore. If he did I'm not okay mistaken. for Memphis for like for like a, a season, years, yeah. a season, and then Mark Gasol came in and and Zach Randolph, and they were like, "Screw this young guy, he's no good." Well, yeah, Davis Davis left Michigan State too early. Yeah, so. yeah, but this this is my point. This is it. I don't want him to end up like Deontay Davis, where he comes in with this unlimited potential, but doesn't really let college help him at all. Kind of just like uses what he has and tries to get to the NBA. I feel like Deontay Davis didn't take anything from his time at Michigan State. He didn't, like... Mentally. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, like, get to where he was supposed to be. That's one of the reasons why I think that Izzo... I know Izzo said that was his biggest regret was, you know, letting him walk because he just knew that that kid really wasn't ready for it, but that's just what he wanted. But, you know, with, with Bates, I just really hope that he doesn't come in with that mindset of, yeah, this is just my one year, just need to get through it and I'll be, you know, in that top pick or the top three picks and then we'll be good. Like I really hope that he buys in with Izzo and is able to to get that next upper level. The thing about Izzo is I, you say he's an automatic one and done. There might be a there, there might be a reason why he went to Michigan State. I'm not saying that it that could be one of the reasons why is that he wasn't looking to just boom boom. There might be well, no, Something you, if you're doing that, that, you go to Kentucky, you're Duke. Exactly. So if you go to Michigan State, you're looking, a good you're looking to get polished by a head coach and Tom Izzo. You're looking to give yourself a great shot at a national champion. I mean, maybe not as great as Duke. Well, it's the Final Four. You give yourself a great run at a, at a conference title and a national title. And, I mean, don't sell short the fact that some guys are just going to be nice enough that, hey, I'm going to be an hour up the road in East Lansing. His fa- All of his immediate family in Ann Arbor can make a short trip to see him instead of him being – Plane right away to play all these games, so maybe that played a small factor. I'm in sure it, too. it does. And you, you know, you've 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 talked to plenty of recruits. You've played plenty of video games. There's so many things that you know. I'm sure go into these factors. And hey, I'm just as a Spartan, I'll just say I'm happy that for once we got our guy. We got the guy that we've been eyeing since the start. And this gives Izzo another test because, as I brought up before we recorded the podcast, he doesn't seem to do super well. Well, he does well, but the number one picks don't necessarily translate to huge tournament runs. But this gives him another opportunity. Obviously, that group from a couple years ago that had Jaron and Miles at the top, a lot of potential in that group, and they bowed out in the second round to Syracuse. You can go back. I mean, Zach Randolph obviously was part of a Final Four team in 01, but uh, a lot of the Final Four teams in Izzo's tenure are kind of sleeper teams that don't really have that superstar. Well, I mean, just talk about 2015 when you had Denzel Valentine, Brandon Dawson, Deontay Davis. Yeah, but Bates, no, they, is, Bates all... is a bigger star than Valentine wasn't this big. No, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying school. they had four four-star players on their No, they team. had great, phenomenal players. It's a, but but they lost the Middle Tennessee State in the first round. My exactly point is the top-name recruits have not translated – as far as wins. where they go from in high school right. and expectations. But, um, hey, so what? Worst case scenario, Izzo losing the Sweet 16 with them. Nobody's going to roast them for that. Best case scenario, they get another Final Four, maybe even a championship, which I think Izzo needs that other championship to really cement his status as one of the great all-time coaches. And why, obviously you're going to want this guy, even though history shows he's not the best with these potential one-and-dones, but why wouldn't you want the chance? Of course Especially not. this guy. Now – as we talk about recruits with Amoni Bates, we had another local big story. I mean, we talked about this guy. He's been on our podcast many times. Uh, he, you guys have month, heard from him. a month ago. You've heard from him, but Travis City Central's Josh Burnham is just raking in Division One offers. As of last week, he got offered by Alabama. At the end of the week, he got offered by Notre Dame. He's been offered by Ohio State, yeah, he's already got Nebraska, like of the big Iowa, 
Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, all these schools, Western Michigan, Central Michigan. I think it, when I wrote the story last week, he had 14 offers from Division One schools, and he got Notre Dame and another one added on just over the weekend. You know, I talked to a couple different people, and I, we knew this kid was a monster. We've talked to him many times, but just seeing these roll in after his sophomore year. No, oh, he's the same age as Amani. Yeah. Amoni. Yeah, but he's yeah, but he after his sophomore year, you see these huge offers rolling in. I mean, Alabama—that's when we kind of jumped at it. When you get an offer from Alabama and the SEC, you know, you you assume that there's going to be a bunch of other SEC schools who are about to try to hop on this train. And I think he put in that tweet something about a connection with Max Bolo, who's now a he's a linebacker. He's a he's a he's a graduate assistant graduate assistant uh, linebacker there. coach. I think he tagged him in the tweet. Thank you, Max, for helping make this happen. So I don't know. There was How a connection there, not not as much. Not, they, they really couldn't elaborate when I spoke with them on well, exactly Well, I'm how sure it regardless, Nick Saban knew who Josh Burnham was. Yes, before, and I mean, before that, he was Max Bola. Well, this is the thing: is Max Bola coached last year for the Traverse City Central Trojans. He was, or two, two years, years ago. Well, yeah, it would have been when Burnham, Burnham was a freshman. Burnham was a freshman. Yeah, yeah, not last year, two years ago, his freshman year. Burnham was was coached on defense by Max Bola, who mm-hmm. is now. Down at Alabama, we saw, obviously, his freshman year, his sophomore year, made huge strides on the football field. And his highlight tape is absolutely incredible if you've seen it. The only crazy thing is is that, once again, none of these guys have actually seen him play. They see his highlight tape, and he's that impressive. I mean, what do you think it says about Josh that at 16 he's raking in offers from literally all across the country? Well, I mean, he, uh, I mean we've seen him play, so we know – how much he stands out in the football field, but it's, but already as a sophomore, he's six foot three. He's got more room to grow. He's already at like two oh five or something. But he's but you can tell he's got room to add more bulk to that. So he's like built for a college linebacker. And then he's got he's got good character too. I think coaches are recruiting him too because they're they're not going to have to be worried about him. You know, being a a kid that's going to flunk classes or get in trouble or anything like that. Yeah, you know, because I mean he's he's just a, he's a good kid. So he's he's a pretty Let that be a lesson high risk. Be a good kid. He's a pretty high high reward, low risk recruit. Yeah, I mean, Coach Eric Sugar said that that is basically what most of the coaches are asking for. They see what they, they see what type of potential the kid has. They see him on the football field, but they don't know what he's like in person. And and according to Sugars, is you know he's a very very humble guy. He's an, what he uses. He's very unassuming for being a Division One recruit. You wouldn't really mm-hmm. know it unless somebody told you or unless you had an at-length conversation with the man uh, that, you know, this is what he does. Now, you've seen him on the basketball court as well. You know what type of athlete he is. Do you think that these coaches and these college or these college football coaches are kind of looking at all those aspects? Uh, it definitely doesn't hurt. I, mean, when you, I think a lot of coaches like when guys take on the challenge of another sport. I think that shows, you know, I mean, yeah, would they – be disgusted if he just lifted all the off season. No, but I, I think they like the fact they like the team aspect that he's trying to grow in another sport, and he's obviously very successful contributing in that other sport. Travis C. Central coming off a great year. We we didn't know how it ended. They were in a district final last we saw, and Burnham was one of those players. Yeah, it was his unofficial goal, I think, to throw down a dunk every night. And when he when he did, you could tell the Trojan student section loved it. The fans and attendance loved it. So he's he's one of those playmakers and exciting guys to watch. In a sport, and it's kind of, I mean, we've seen Ryan Hayes play multiple sports, a big, big part of basketball. Theo Lacusa back in the day for West also played basketball. So that's what these guys do. Even though they're big-name football recruits, they're also contributing to other sports. And I, I, would, I would think that 
coaches are impressed by that. I want I want to ask you guys. You guys have you know been around a bit longer than me. I know in my time here at the Record Eagle, my time here in Traverse City. I mean, he is already, especially as a sophomore, you know, the most highly sought after recruit by you know Division One programs when it comes to football. In my time here. Do you guys remember anybody else that was, you know, in a similar stage uh, out here? Anybody that he might kind of remind you of in that trajectory? The only ones I would say would be Hayes and Jake Fisher. Well, Theo did get a lot of Theo got a lot of Theo got a lot of. So those are why those names came to mind to me. Yeah, Jake Fisher's up there. (laughs) I'm I'm just just asking you guys because you know I when I talked to you on Thursday or whatever I was Jake. Jake is yeah the only besides Hayes and Theo. Jake is the only other one for football that I throw in there. But all three of those guys stayed in state, didn't they? Theo did a bunch of stuff. Initially, (laughs) Fisher went committed to Michigan, but then when Michigan fired Rich Rod, he reopened his recruiting and then went to to Oregon. Oregon. That's right. He he played the national championship game against Ohio State. Huh. Well, we played the Buckeyes. Well, I mean, I, I basically asked that question just to see the the translation between what you guys have seen out of the the talent from the area and how the, how far they've actually gone from when they were being recruited like this. In my opinion, this is the most recruited a football player has been at this young of an age. As, James, as a James has been around yeah. longer than me. Yeah, I would say. Uh, well, I mean, Theo. Theo was getting Division One offers as a freshman. He was, but, but that not was, this many. Yeah, not this many, and and that was you know based purely in that he was a brick house. He was a huge yeah. kid <laughs> as a freshman. I mean, he was already six foot five and all, you know mm-hmm. two seventy five or whatever as a freshman. <laughs> but Josh is yeah. He, he got D one offers before he played a varsity game. I believe it. We were just, we were talking off air about eighth graders getting college offers. So yeah, the Eagles saving is like famous right for that. And for all we know, Josh maybe drew some interest around that age too. But eh, what's what you know? And maybe social media only helps. But that's how we're all seeing it. Yeah. Every, every week he's posting something new. Yeah, he's I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots kick Cam Newton off and sign him to play quarterback next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I wish your other ones to throw in there would be the Bullets. All the Bullets. I would. You know, to Michigan State. My, but they're up there, but I, I feel, mean, I feel like, like they all got pigeonholed. This, this seems yeah, like a they dream. Seemed, they all seemed like that, Michigan that's State like, was that's just like the biggest the family. family. I mean, what, Clemson's the only school that would still like you add it to the list. I think he's got pretty much every other one that's important between Alabama and Notre Dame and Michigan. And yeah, Michigan once State. you get an Alabama offer, I mean, yeah. you can pretty much play where you want. Yeah, but yeah, but, I mean, you're talking from each conference or like that like I mean, I'm, just try, I'm trying to think of another tweet he would send out of a recruit that would like shock me okay, it would have to be a, a Pac-12 school would be that wouldn't yeah. shock me though because he's already had out like Clemson's the only other one that yeah, would I just, be like I'm wow saying, Clemson the reason why it would shock me is just because everything else is still pretty located on the east side of the country I'm not sure that people out west have heard They're or seen him even, yet they might have talked to him and at this point yeah he's but yeah I, but i mean with the way that it worked i mean you see i think you know alabama hopped on the the train one because of max bola and obviously high praises and recommendations but once they see everybody else and they have that opportunity alabama likes to just do that i swear they like to just be involved yes no matter what it may be but, I mean, them and Clemson, they set the bar as far as recruiting and winning goes. <laughs> well, two, uh, two. Ohio State Ohio State is right up there, too. Yeah, but they and won one national championship in the last uh, – I guess they won a few in the 2000s. But, I mean, they're not on the Clemson-Alabama level no, right now. I mean, I mean Ohio, they're not State, Ohio State Ohio, Ohio State, State is, dominates the Midwest, yes. Ohio State has, has won as many national championships as 2000 as Clemson has. Yes, that is true, but that's only because Clemson's become this premier program in the last ten in, years in the college football yeah, playoff. Yeah, Ohio State's always there. Yeah. Now, uh, 
we'll go ahead and dive into our interview with the Great Lakes Resorter and Hillsdale College's Cooper Peterson. He joined us in studio on Monday before they start their season against the Pittsburghers on Wednesday. Let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around is extremely excited to welcome in Great Lakes Resorter and Hillsdale College's Cooper Peterson, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with one of the newest Great Lakes Resorters, one of our local guys who has come back to Traverse City to play baseball this summer. Let's start there. I mean, you got the chance to play baseball over the summer in your hometown after mo moving away a couple of years ago. What does it feel like being home and kind of being close to home with people you may know, uh, especially with a couple guys on the team that you've played with before? Yeah, for sure. It's great to be home. Honestly, I spent last summer in Muskegon. That was fun to be away from home, you know, get that experience of really traveling. But it's it's just something different to be playing in front of people who know you already, be able to play in front of family and friends. And it's, a, it's such a nice park in Turtle Creek. It's a great spot. I know the Northwoods League is definitely, uh, you know, a pretty prestigious league. They did what they could to make baseball happen this year, and you kind of got lucky with last second. I mean, the whirlwind of how you got put on the resorters, could you just kind of tell us exactly how that all happened? It was actually, it's, it's pretty convenient, to be honest with you. I, uh, like I said, I was in Muskegon last summer, and I was playing under Coach Cutter. He was our pitching coach for the Muskegon Clippers. And, you know, as Corona had started kind of taking away baseball and the Cape Cod League and everything, I was just kind of shooting off text, being like, does anyone need a catcher? And I reached out to Cutter earlier in the summer regarding Muskegon. He wasn't sure they were going to have a season, and eventually they canceled that. But then uh, a couple weeks passed, and... He told me he got uh, got the manager job for the resorters and wanted to know if I wanted to play. And I said, yeah. So it was just good that you kind of had that connection before he ever got the opportunity to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of kept he kind of stayed on his radar at the very least. Now I know Coach Cutter. He's a he's a pretty experienced guy. He does he does hitting coaching. He's a you know high school baseball coach. He does the Muskegon League over the summer. Um, you you said you played with him before. What type of chemistry do you guys have, or what type of coaching style does he have with you that you know you look forward to this summer? I mean, I spent a summer with him. I like to think that I know him pretty well because of that. He's a, he's a pretty serious guy, but he'll have some fun with you. He knows he like you said, he knows a lot about the game, a lot about all aspects of the game. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to have him at the helm this season. How are you gonna divvy up uh, who catches from day to day between you and Brett? Do you guys have something set up like certain? Do you guys catch certain pitchers or? <laughs> that that's not my decision to make, but I just assume. That we're just going to alternate games. Just be, that seems to be the trend with summer baseball. Mm -hmm. Between alternate between two catchers. Mm -hmm. Save your legs a little bit. Save your arm a little bit. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know uh, it's, it can be a long season, but this is what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you had a very shortened season as your, as your sophomore year. Still get to keep that eligibility, but you know you come into the summertime uh, with all this extra time, without you know your arm, your knees. Uh, without having to put that strain of another season on your body before summertime, do you feel fresher? Does it seem like you know that time off kind of did help a little bit? For sure, it helped in some ways. It was it's nice to you know not be as banged up as you were going into like how I went into last summer. I was kind of banged up from the season, but it's still three months off. So you know we're still working back to where we were when we were seeing live pitching every day and you know, throwing guys out on every day. Yeah. So we're just kind of getting back to where we were, but I'm sure we'll get back quick. Yeah, I know uh, baseball usually is a year-round sport. You're in the cages over the winter. You're, I know you do bullpens probably 
almost constantly oh, yeah. um, throughout throughout the school year in the morning. Just what has it been like not having that in your life? You know, not just baseball, but as your routine as a whole. I know that you said you know you got sent back from school and everything. How has that kind of affected your your outside of baseball life? My life got really really boring without <laughs> baseball. Uh, we got sent home from school, and you know we we're thinking that all the summer leagues were going to get canned too. And so my life just kind of became a mix, because school was online, it became a mix of, you know, waking up in the morning, doing what I needed to do for school, eating, going to work out, eating, and going back to bed, and starting over the next day. So I was mu- it was a much more interesting life when baseball was a part of it. <laughs> yeah, glad to get back to it a little bit, I'm sure. We'll talk about that pod system. I know that you're going to be on the resorters, and, you know, Cutter put that team together and said he was happy with what he had because he had so many people to choose from, uh, but you guys are going to be going up against the pit spitters who are in the North. A lot of them were in the Northwoods league last year. You have some guys on your team who also were, I mean, what is, what are you looking forward to in the competition this summer in this little pod up here in Traverse city? Oh, it's going to be great. I'm a pretty social baseball player. Like I'll talk to the hitters. I'm excited to get to know the other teams because we're going to be playing them all summer. We may as well, you know, make some friendships along the way because no fun and hating the guys you play every other night yeah yeah i know as a catcher you have kind of that uh you kind of have like a unique chance to kind of like chirp with the guys yeah. every time they come up you know the guys on the outfield or whatever might not get that face to face with them every time but that, that seems pretty cool i know one of the cool things about the northwoods league is how many guys from how many places um come and play and you know having a hundred guys being in traverse city it's even more guys that you're gonna be able to kind of meet and enjoy i mean have you met anybody cool so far what's it been like getting to know the guys we've got like our team's from everywhere like people are shocked that i'm local like that's that's the level that it's at and so i've met a ton of like obviously i've met our team and we've got guys from like we're gonna have guys from washington like that's crazy to me but you know everybody's like everybody's here for a good time you know we're here to develop how to here to have fun but you know Great group of guys. Since, since you are one of those locals, has everybody been kind of coming to you for advice or places to go? Or are they telling you, hey, this is a great place or anything like that? Yeah, everybody wants to know where to eat, where to go to the beach, where to hang out. Where, Yeah, no, everybody's curious. So. You guys are kind of that resource. Yeah, me and Joey and Brett are doing our best to kind of get some information out there. <laughs> is it cool that the, the two catchers on the, on the team are guys that from, from right around here? You guys probably played together. And travel ball and stuff like that, or against each other maybe even, I don't know, because you just play the same position. Yeah. So have you guys been on the same teams before? Yeah, we were on the same team, I think when we were 16 or 17. We were the two catchers on a team called A-Green, so okay, that, that's our experience on the team. We didn't play Frankfurt much as a school, though. So Yeah, but it's just kind of a, it's just got to be pretty cool that both catchers on the same team, I would have thought maybe they would just split you up and put you in. One of you on the resorters, and one of you on the Dune Bears, or something. But I guess just talk a little bit about the the college season, and you were able to get in. Hillsdale played, I think, fourteen games, yeah. and you guys you you started in eight, I think, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, something but you were like leading the team in hitting. Yeah. When the when the season ended, how how were, how were things just going for you? The the only reason that Corona is bad, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was hot when the season ended. It was I, my last at bat of the season was a home run, which you know. It's kind of cool, but <laughs> at least same, you left on a good note. Yeah, exactly right. You know, we were excited. We were a young team, which made like we were, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of experience with us. But 
So we started four freshmen at one point. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and do you th- I mean, do you think you'll be able to uh, keep that hash rate going when you see live pitching on like what? Yes, you, you guys start Wednesday, right? You guys are the first game yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah so right. do you think you're gonna you know keep that hot streak going? I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? How you been feeling in the cage? Obviously, you've been you know getting some swings in over the last week. Have you have you had to change anything or any types of tweaks that you kind of lost over the last three months? Not really, no, just kind of because we're switching to back to wood bats for the summer. So swinging those is a little bit different. They're a little less forgiving, so make sure you got to hit it on the sweet spot. Do you like do you like wood bats better? or love wood bats. Yeah, that crack of the bat, there's nothing yeah. like it. There's quite a bit of good pitching in the Northwoods League. You're going to be facing good pitching, but you're going to have, you're going to be catching some good pitchers too. Who are, I mean, who have you caught with? Who are you most excited to kind of catch for on the resorters? I mean, obviously I'm excited to catch with Joey again. That That's the, that's the number one for me, just kind of go back to high school a little bit we uh we've been joking around about this for a long time we gotta find a way to get back on the same team and we finally did it so that's probably my that's what i'm most excited for and i I'm, we talked we kind of talked to joey about this last week but you three guys are gonna be like kind of the first local guys to play at that park there was like we talked there was one guy years ago from buckley but other than that there's been no local guys who you know have been on rosters to play at that park with the beach bums or the pit spitters over the last like 15 years i mean what's it like knowing that your family your your mom your your siblings are going to be able to come and watch you during the season you know when you're when you're doing something as big as you are it obviously means a lot to us that we get to play in front of a home crowd again because you know there's nothing like it you know you get to a park and you get you know you're getting cheered for, and it's not cheering just for a team or cheering for you because you know they know you, and so that's that's obviously a totally different feeling. Has there been a lot of excitement? You got had a lot of people texting you about coming to the games, anything like that? Everybody wants tickets. How different is it going to be playing in front of a sparse crowd like that? I mean, they can only have 500 people, and they're probably going to mostly be in the uh, in the suites and at those tables, so they're not going to be very close to the field either. It's 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 obviously unfortunate that the stadium's not going to be full. But I've played in front of less people before, yeah. so yeah. Mm-hmm. you know there's not 500 people at most high school games, so it's gonna be still gonna be a good amount of people to play for. It'll be fun. Yeah, and you get 500 people, and you can call it a sellout. Exactly. Then <laughs> <laughs> we sold it out every day this summer. That would be nice. Well, let's talk about a little bit about your future. Obviously, you got three more years of eligibility for for college. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a starting point. You know, a restarting point after missing your sophomore year. I mean, after this summer, what are you looking to get out of this summer when you get back to Hillsdale and kind of push forward into your baseball career? And I'm just, I'm just trying to enjoy it at this point. Like, I'm, I'm willing to go as far as baseball is going to take me, and I'm not really sure what that's going to be at this point. Whether it's a fifth year, whether it's more than that, whether it's four years, I'm not really sure. But I'm just going to try and enjoy it as long as I can. With the summer being a shortened season, you guys are only going to have 50-ish games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to kind of turn that out. Do you think that that's going to help you when it comes to fall ball? or when it, I, I, prob- I don't know if there's going to be, but do you think that's going to help you when you work back into this offseason that it isn't like, like, instead of having 70 games, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, you're only going to get like 50-something games in here? Yeah. Do you think that's going to you know, help you with your, your arm or anything like that? Is that going to keep you kind of on track, or do you wish that you guys had you know, more and more games? I mean, more baseball is obviously better for the fans. It's more fun, right? But... I mean, I'm 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 a catcher, so I'm gonna catch half the games. So I'm I'm really only looking at twenty to twenty five games yeah. for this season. And catchers and pitchers throw more than anybody, and they're the people who play the least often. So I I don't know if it's gonna hurt, uh, help or hurt it very much. I mean, I played forty games last summer. You know, it's not like forty is a, a small number of games. 
But so it'll actually be more this summer than you played last summer in Michigan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's actually an uptick in, in the workload. I figured that'd be a bit smaller. I didn't know how many games they played down there. Well, you could you could push to, on your off days and say, you know, I can DH coach. Oh, I, I, I was hitting 444 <laughs> when the season ended. I'll I'll let them know. With the bat, hopefully. You only got to get up a step up once, get on that hot streak again. It's like, well, we're not going to take him out of the lineup. Well, how, how different is it? I mean, how are the team, how's the team handling like practices and stuff like that with trying to kind of social distance and, and, and what can, I guess, how much can they do? It, it's tough, right? It's, it's tough because they're telling us we got to, like, you know, keep a safe distance, but at the same time, we all got to be in the same dugout. We all got to play catch with the same balls. We all got to swing in the same cages. So we're, we're doing what we can. We all got the, the Gators uh, with the logo on the front. So, I mean, it's tough because just the circumstances provided. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's still baseball. So we're going to be close. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's not much that you can really do. Yeah. Have you have you ever played on all turf before? Uh, some away games. Just some away games? Yeah, I never had it as a... What, from behind the plate, uh, what do you think about playing on all turf? I know it's a little bit different than um, playing with dirt. It's kind of harder to, yeah. to read balls. Stuff bounces a little bit more. It's a little bit bouncier. It comes off a little bit quicker, but all the hops are true. So and yeah, at the end of the day, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, at least, at least you're not hitting some little rock and just bang. Exactly. So. How, are the, how are the players kind of reacting to... To coronavirus, are they being? Are, are some people kind of? I don't know. I don't know if I'd say paranoid, but I mean, how concerned are they about it? And I imagine a lot of it's got a kind of the urge to want to play has got really got to be. I don't know affecting how people approach things, right? I, I wouldn't say anyone's paranoid about it. Like obviously, because I'm local, I'm a little bit more concerned because I could get it and then give it to my mom or dad, who is obviously way more at risk than I am. Just because of like, I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old, I'm healthy, mm-hmm. so I don't. Nobody's really paranoid about it, but there's there's a there's a general concern there for sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's a little bit added with you because you actually are staying with your family. Exactly. Right? But you're you're going to be staying down at the Interlock um, Academy for the Arts though as well, right? Yeah, I'll be I'll be mixing time between you're going back home. and forth. Yeah, I got to hang yeah. with the boys a little bit. Yeah, I got to hang with the boys, <laughs> but you still got to get Mama's home cooked meals, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's got to be there's lucky. A, there's a delicate balance there. Of course, there is. You never miss out on Mama's home cooked <laughs> meals. All right. All right, well, Cooper, thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with us today. It was great to have you in the studio. First time we had somebody in the studio in quite a while. Um, And we're excited to see you play here on Wednesday, man. Thanks for having me. Another big thank you to Cooper Peterson for joining us here at the Get Around. I know we're all excited to see baseball start back up on Wednesday, especially to see some of our local guys Make sure you tune in next week when we have our other local Great Lakes resorter here on the podcast, Brett Zimmerman from Frankfurt. He will be joining us next week, so make sure you stick around for episode 134 to hear from him. Just a good reminder, this episode sponsored by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to put us in to the Get Around Hall of Fame where we put three new people into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We have only a couple more rounds of this left, and we have some very worthy seniors to stick into the Hall of Fame. We went through our boys' track this year and found some guys who we were not able to see this spring and figured they would be worthy to get in. James, would you like to go ahead and start with your nominee? 
Yeah, Cole Truskowski from Traverse City Central. Uh, last year as a junior, he won the honor roll meet by, thir- or by over 13 seconds in the mile. Placed 14th at the state in the, the, the D1 finals. And uh, was also our cross-country runner of the year in 2018. Harrison, who do you have this week? Your first nomination in only Lord knows how long. Decades. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cole as well. I'm, I'm feeling the Cole here. Mackenzie... Cole McKenzie from Kalkaska, a hurdler, 110, 300 hurdles, placed sixth at the D3 state finals in the 300 hurdles a year ago, all-state-worthy time of 41.190. Won the Lake Michigan Conference Championship in the 300 hurdles as well, runner-up at regionals, and his personal best was at the John Lover Record Eagle Honor Roll Meet, 40.74, second fastest in the area. Cole McKenzie of Kalkaska, you're in the Hall of Fame. And last but not least, I have my nomination for the week, I am putting in Riley Williams, senior from Elk Rapids. He ran the 100 and 200 last year, finished All-State in the 100 at Division III, and he had the second fastest 100 in our coverage area, only behind our track runner of the year, Tony Gallegos, last year, who we know is a speedster. So uh, Riley was definitely another one of those speedsters on the sprinting course. Very deserving. Those three guys are now part of the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, so congratulations to them. Make sure that you come back next week for our last edition of 2020 hall of fame members we're going to get over past the fourth of july and get to our last sport so make sure you come back for that one next week but before we get going and before we get out of our episode today we have to do our favorite segment the trifecta i had a really cool thing happen to me this weekend which i will go ahead and explain here in a second but it sparked this question of what are some of the best surprises that we've ever had uh, i know sometimes you get surprise birthday parties thrown for you i've never had one of those so if That's anybody, one of my answers, actually. Yeah, if anybody, if anybody feels like me. throwing a surprise birthday party for me, I mean, good luck surprising me, but I would be really in for it. But I'll, I'll toss it out to you guys first because I, I, I want to tell my story, and I think it's really cool. So, James, do you, do you have any <laughs> – Your stories are secondary to mine. Yes, it is. Yes, it is because <laughs> I came up with the question because of my story. So I want to hear from you guys. What, what are some good surprises? This would be one that we that we surprised someone else. Okay. A couple of years ago um, for my mom's 75th birthday – we uh, flew my sister in from Oregon, who hadn't been home for, like, close to a decade. And she came in, we went and picked her up at the airport, and had her stay at our house for a couple of days. And then we went on vacation to the cottage. And uh, so my wife went and picked up my mom, and I took the other car and took my sister down to the cottage. So then when we got to the cottage, my mom didn't know that my sister was there or anything like that. And uh, I, I got there first. Cause that was the plan and mm-hmm. everything. So, so when when Cena and my mom walk in and everything like that, then uh, my sister walks out of the thing, and it was just kind of a I'm sure it was, your mom kind of lost it. Cool it. thing, yeah. It was yeah, it was pretty emotional. Especially thing after ten years, and that's your family place, and I'm sure you guys always had memories in when you were younger. Mm-hmm. So it even meant even more where it was. I'm sure. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was just a, I don't know. Yeah, and those are those are things that you. It's it's so nice to plan those type of things for people. That's what I mean. Like just being able to see that look on someone's face. And that's what I mean. The look that I probably had on my face when this happened this past weekend was like, wow. And that's what I think. I think when you get those moments, it's just really special. What about you, Harrison? What did you, you come up with? Well, on the birthday note, but on a failed experiment level, uh, my dad turned 70 a few years ago. And August is his birthday, and he, he loves socializing, being out in the nightlife. Of course, you can't really do that the same way in Traverse City now. But 
Holiday Inn's patio right there is one of his favorite spots. So I was kind of plotting this out months in advance. Like I was talking to my sister in the winter and the spring, like, hey, she lives downstate with his two grandkids, my two nieces. And I was like, hey, let's get you guys up here. Let's get my aunt, his sister from Grand Rapids up here. Let's get some of his good friends from Detroit, some of his friends from around here. Let's get a big group surprise party on the patio. He's going to love it. I'll even pretend like I'm working. I took the day off from work, but I didn't tell him that. So not that that would have been that. Wow, Harrison's here, and he lives here. Um, <laughs> so a lot of planning, a lot of and in my mind. I'm picturing the Disney movie where oh, he comes out, and he's like, whoa, this is nuts. And we get to it, and he never shows. Well, okay, never is a strong word. He eventually showed up, but the guy who I put to get him there didn't string him along well enough, apparently, because he got out of... He likes to go to business after hours is Wednesday, and uh, we're getting word he's not on his way. We're like, well, get him on his way. Well, he's going to, uh, I, I can't remember, he, he went to like filling station yeah. afterwards. Uh, and, and I'm like, why is he doing that? Why are we not getting him to the Holiday Inn? And he's like, well, I, I, I told him to go, but he said he was doing something else. I'm like, okay, that's where you actually have to Bring pull him. the carrot and get him to come here. Finally, it took an hour and a half. Only a couple people left, thankfully. It took about an hour and a half. And my cousin, who was visiting from California at the time, called him, left a voicemail and said, Hey, George, your daughter and your granddaughters are here. You might want to come down to the Holiday Inn and uh, come check it out. So he, that part was spoiled. But he came down. He said he was still surprised that there were like 40 people there and some of his closest friends. So that part was great. But the awkward part of waiting an hour and a oh, half, two George. hours when he was supposed to be there at 6. Uh, I told my mom right after. It. I'm like, I apologize, mom. This ruins surprise parties for you for the rest of my life because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I burned so badly on this. I one. love, I love that George was like, oh no, 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 totally got plans. Just, I got things to do. Don't oh, but worry it's about a surprise me. party, so I know. he wasn't he told no how idea. important it was. I know, he just thought I, he was going to the Holiday Inn to chill like he does every other day. That's the, that's what cracks me up because I know that George would totally just be like, you know, I did that last week, can't, man. Can't do it tonight. Yeah, I did that last yeah. week. Just can't do it. I'll, I'll see you no next real time. No reason to be there. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, well, you got to come with me, George. No, but I've 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 never personally been surprised. I've helped throw surprise parties and stuff like that. But what happened last this past weekend was, you know, we me and a group of friends. We planned our own little like music festival between like the. Why is that? The Electric Forest was canceled. It was supposed to be this past weekend, so everybody already had the time where we were supposed to have off work and everything. So we said, "Let's try and make something happen where we can all get together." Did you camp out in the backyard where you were? Yep, we all we all we all put on we all put up tents so nobody was sleeping in the same house and everything like that. Oh no, I was just thinking about the forest. But we no, we literally we did it just like Electric Forest. We had you know tents and canopies and everything outside and. You know, we had big meals for everybody every day, and we did brisket and, and you know, meatballs and the the whole shebang uh, for Saturday. And, you know, my, my friend James, who hosted us graciously, you know, he was doing all this planning and everything. And, you know, we were sitting there on Saturday. We had a live band there. His cousins played a live band there on Saturday just so we could have some good music Wait, and everything. there wasn't a DJ? No, just there was a DJ on both sides of the live band, but there was okay, also a live gotcha. band there. And it was just like a really, really good day, and everybody was having such a good time. And we ate dinner, which was just such a big dinner. And, you know, James had his, his family come out, his mom and his sister and everything for dinner and for the, the band that his cousins was playing. So everybody was just kind of hanging and watching. And, like, little did we know, we're there all weekend. And, you know, he gets on the mic afterwards, after we get done eating dinner, saying thank you, everybody, for coming. You know, this has been so great. And he's just like, you know what, like, it's been such a perfect day and, like, everything's worked out so perfectly that he surprised us with him and his fiance getting married at the, at the music festival he had his best friend get ordained on, like, Wednesday of last week and uh, didn't tell anybody that they kind of liked it. But 
all the people he wanted were there. His mom was there. You know, his whole family was there. All of his friends were there. And wait, wait, did you know his mom was there? Yeah, yeah, no. His his mom. They they were they planned just to come for that one day. They came just for like the live band and for dinner. His mom and his sister okay. and everything like that. And it, it was originally supposed to be like a remembrance for his grandparents, like gotcha. that day. Okay. But I was gonna say, didn't you think it was weird that his mom was there in an electric forest? No, no, no. I mean, my mom, my <laughs> but mom would be there. That makes sense. My mom would be there, if, especially if it was my house. But regardless, drop drop the bomb that they're gonna get married. And literally within ten minutes, we had a, a wedding ceremony set up in the backyard. Um, and had, you know, had them get married, had his best friend ordained and they, you know, married them at the wedding. And then it just turned into a big wedding party because everybody was like, oh my God, it was just such a great day. And I never would have thought like a shotgun wedding like that would have worked out so well, but everybody was just so happy. And it was just She's such not a pregnant, good surprise. Is she? No, they've been together for 10 years. This is why it was. They've been together for a really long time. They've been engaged for a long time. Well, you know, that's why they call it a but shotgun But they were wedding. kind of just like, by shotgun, I mean, they planned it four days. They, they were like, we're going to do this four days in advance. Because everything just worked out, you know. They had they had everything ready, and with coronavirus going on, they were like, "We're not gonna be able to plan a real thing." Yeah. yeah, and like you know what, it felt so good for them that they surprised all of us with like the sharing of their love, and I just thought it was really really good, cool. We all, you know, we had so much fun because of it, and it just made the day that much better. I just never would have thought that, like, you know, somebody would surprise you with that. That's a surprise I never would have thought. Like, hey guys, like we're getting married right now because you guys are here, and we want you guys to be here for it. And How did it work? Did they do like a wedding party? Or? Yeah, well, like that's what I mean. We were all there, and we were already doing the live band. We got dinner, and then you know his his best friend, who's one of the DJs or whatever, was you know DJing after dinner, and then they just went over the microphone. We walked them up, did their rings and everything, and and everything in front of the whole family, which was just nice. It wasn't anything fancy. Did you do, like pictures? Yeah, they did pictures and stuff. It wasn't anything fancy. They didn't wear like a suit and yeah. like a dress. She wore a dress. That'd be the best wedding, no you know, talks. Yeah, he, did, he you know he just had his his stuff on, you know, and it was. It was it was definitely you know a backyard like feel, but it was just so. But cool those are cool because, because it's it meant something unique. so much more, and that's so. It was because they felt that the day was so perfect that they wanted to like make it the day, you know, and like that that just was really cool. It was really surprising to all of us, and so it made when, our day awesome. So when do you think they made up in their minds they were going to do that? They told me on Monday. We've been and planning. Then, we've been and planning. Then they the got festival. the minister ordained that Wednesday, yep. and then okay. uh, yeah, they they they. So within a week. Yeah, we were well. They they've already been engaged and everything like that, but they just never they've just never told. Like when did not. they know that would be the day? Monday. Yeah. Yep, and they didn't tell anybody except for his best friend who got ordained and surprised his mom, surprised his his sister, the, everybody. Nobody knew that they were actually they they were all they were always going to get married, but nobody knew knew when, and they, he wanted to make sure it happened then. I just thought it was so cool that they felt great enough that they wanted to share that moment in that moment. So special. And it was, it was really awesome. And I haven't been surprised like that in a very, very long time. That is, that is extremely surprising. So I wanted, I wanted to bring that up, kind of tell that and story. And I'm glad they showed up, too. Yeah, right? No one got stood up. Uh, but, yeah, gentlemen. I think the bottom line of my story is make sure you trust the guy <laughs> that's supposed to get your guy to the location. Like James. He was the driver. Just get him there yourself. Yeah, just like that. You, you just get them yourself for your sister, is what he's saying. You were the transport. Yeah. You were the Jason Statham in that story. I don't story. trust other people. Yeah, don't ever trust other people. That's the moral of today's uh, today's podcast, ladies and don't gentlemen. Don't trust him. Just get married and figure it out later. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, retweet, comment, share, gift us a gift, and we will get you fed. Make sure you come back for episode 134 next week to hear from Frankfurt and Wayne State's Brett Zimmerman. 
and hear what it's like after that first few games of Northwood League's baseball in the pod. Starts Wednesday, so we'll be able to hear from Brett about a few of those games that he, I'm sure he'll be participating in. Uh, so make sure you come back for that. Other than that, guys, I think we, uh, we're we about out of time. So Any good 4th of July plans? No. No. Not yet. We'll find out. Maybe you guys will find us out on the water or something. No Cherry Fest this year, so it's all up in the air. Except we Blue wish, Angels. We wish everybody a happy 4th of July. Make sure you stay safe out there this mm-hmm. weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. And get down to the beach for your, for your America Day. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you for episode 134 next week.